real quick. RJ's not here this week, right? Correct. Yeah, he's not here. Thank God, because I do not need another week like I had last Saturday night. Ugh. Welcome to Wrestling with Egos. This week, a, a slightly less anxiety-invoking house of the rant mode. My name is Patrick. I'm joined as as I am every week by my two best friends in the whole wide world, my buddy Brian and the big Don himself, Big Isaac. Gentlemen, what's good? I'm to good. be so ready. Long week, but let's do this. To be fair, it took me a moment to figure out where you were going with that intro, but I figured it out. I I, I, I carried the one and, and figured it out. And boys and girls, right now, as it looks, Auburn's a, Auburn is a 14-and-a-half-point underdog. And the sad thing is, I think that's, uh, I think that's us getting off easy. <laughs> uh, take the points. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, by the way, I'm not an expert so if you take my advice on that you're taking my advice at your own risk no with apologies it. to svp uh welcome to bad beats with wrestling with egos this is yeah. oh no no, no. <laughs> hey, hey look i'm bald i wear glasses but you know what i am nowhere near on that cat's level but we do have a hell of a show for you guys tonight uh we're gonna we're gonna start with some dra- we're gonna start with recapping the draft because there's some things that happened on monday night and i get it <laughs> I'm not happy well, I've about got it. a little, I got a little pullover action going on because I feel a bit of a draft, and yeah. I've got uh, a little, a little mug of hot chocolate from nice. the Lovebird. So thank you, honey. Nice. Um, so Brian's got the hot chocolate, and in the next, the next screen, we've just got a straight up sexual chocolate. There you go, baby. It is. So we're gonna talk draft. We're gonna talk the two-year anniversary show of AEW Dynamite, which happened last night. It's Thursday, by the way. And then we got a little fun topic that we're going to spring on you at the end. And it's going to be, it's going to be quite comical. So let's go ahead and get right down to it. Last week, we just, last week, on last week's show, we discussed the, um, the results of, um, uh, the, the results of the draft Friday night on SmackDown. Um, saw some, saw some things, saw some things happen that we expected, like Roman getting drafted to SmackDown. Some things we didn't expect, like, for example, Charlotte getting drafted to SmackDown and the Usos not getting drafted at all. Um, but a lot of things started to make even more sense on Monday. Uh, as predictable as it could be, Raw opened the show by drafting Becky Lynch. Makes sense on two reasons. Number one, you just moved Charlotte over to uh, SmackDown, and Becky's husband is on Raw. <laughs> um, um, because, and, and I say that because he was drafted in the second round. He was the what? He was um, so real quick. I'm just gonna run through them real fast. Um, Raw drafted Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley. Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, AJ and Omos, Kevin Owens, The Street Profits, Finn Balor, Karrion Cross, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Gable Stevenson, the gold medalist from this from from the Olympics earlier this year. Um, 
They also picked up on, you know, after the show went off the air, Dana Brooke, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, Jackson Riker, Veer, Liv Morgan, Mia Yim, Tamina, Tegan Knox, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, and The Miz. Um, so, uh, Here's the question that I will ask both of you for each brand. Out of that list, who is an under-the-radar person Well, you want to see get a push? You're talking about both brands, but we haven't even discussed SmackDown yet. Yeah, well, you, you just get the list of Raw is still fresh in our heads, so... So people that people that should get up under the radar that should get a push. Yes. I gotta be honest because everybody on everybody that was actually drafted on the show are all larger names, and there's a especially on Raw at least, um, and. As much as I love Bauer, I don't think it wouldn't surprise me if they if they halt any momentum based off of what happened with Extreme Rules and the Demon. I wouldn't be surprised for him to be more in the picture. I would love to see them give Kevin Owen give give Kevin Owen some more some more run. I loved KO, but at the same time, it all depends on where he might be headed. Because there are plenty of rumors that when his time is done in WWE, he's going to be all elite. And I tend to agree with that. Isaac, go ahead. What did you say? Bobby Fish is now all elite. Yes. After his match with um, Sammy Guevara last night, which was phenomenal. Yes. And, but um, I, and I, I'm happy with Bobby. We'll, we'll, get to, we'll, we'll get to AEW in a little bit, but... Under the radar guy from the from the list of raw guys that you think should be getting should deserve a, uh, more of a push. I there was one name that came up from NXT that was drafted to either Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown. I'm sorry. It was SmackDown. And I was kind of surprised that he got the push before some other guys that are already in NXT just because I was like, wow, that, that yeah. kind of Everybody from NXT went to raw. There were, there were a couple of names on night two that went to SmackDown, but not raw. Um, B, what do you got? I'm all about depth in the women's division. And if she can stay healthy, which has always been the question mark with her, I, I would really- love to see Tegan Knox round out that division because Tegan Knox could have a great match with Becky Lynch. She could have a great match with Bianca Belair. She could have a great match with uh, Nia Jax, Mia Yim, Liv Morgan, anybody you put her in the ring with. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody can have a good match with Nia Jax. I, know, I was going for the depth. I'm sorry. Dare you? How dare you desecrate the name, the namesake of our worst wrestler of the year award, which, by the way, went last year went to Ricky Starks. Um, yes. But when you're you know, editing but, the show, you can you can bleep that out if you want. You can give me no, like the. No, 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 I'm gonna let you flap in the breeze on that one, Bubba. No, nobody. I repeat, nobody can have a good match with Nia Jax. Fair, but it's like, it's like it's like trying to have 
Never mind. I would the the comment that I was going to make. Yes. You you made your point. I'm still the only one that actually answered the question. You're welcome. Uh, Moving on. Uh, I said KO, kiss my butt. Do you uh, consider him under the radar, though? I know WWE does. Yeah, but, and and I, I I don't consider him him under the radar because truth be told, if I would if, if I had a top if I was doing a top five, he'd be fifth of people that I would draft for my promotion. He would be one of my first five picks, no question about it. But WWE doesn't use him worth the crap, so yeah, he's under the radar. Okay, fair. Uh, if I'm gonna jump in, I said the one the one person that came up, but I'm also gonna say Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was also drafted SmackDown. He needs to he needs to have a huge gigantic push, and it's been a long time coming. What about Raw guys though? Because I gotta be honest, man. We've talked about this answer, and you and the names you have mentioned have been NXT people, Sami Zayn, and Bobby Fish. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I can feed you some names if you want. Please go ahead. Um, Alpha Academy is on Raw. Austin Theory is on Raw. Um, Austin Dana Theory. Brooke, Drake Maverick, uh, Keith Lee. I, I'm I'm a big opponent of Keith Lee. I really like him, and if they can give him the right push. And not squash him. Or another another woman that they need to figure out what to do with awfully quickly is Lena Vega. I mean, I think they've forgotten completely about her. You know. I think they completely forgot about Dana Brooke. Yeah. Do they I, really I don't think they have. <laughs> oh, that's cold. I don't think they have. Let's... I mean, I know she's a local girl and everything like that, but unfortunately with Dana, there is a ceiling. There's a noticeable ceiling there. We don't, I, I don't like to say that about people, but. Let's be honest. Let, 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 in my opinion on Dana Brooke, let's go back to her catchphrase from NXT. Playtime is over. Hey, there you go. All right. So I did. Yeah. And you're, and B, thank you for calling me out on that. I did not mention the, uh, um, uh, the full, lineup of Raw from what they drafted on from uh, from uh, SmackDown on Friday. So here's what SmackDown's got from top to bottom. Roman, Drew, Kofi, Woods, Corbin, uh, Madcap Moss, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Scott, Hit Row, um, Naomi, Jeff Hardy, uh, The Usos, Nakamura, Rick Boogs, Sheamus, Eric and Ivar, Ricochet, Humberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza, Cesaro, Ridge Holland, Sami Zayn, Drew Gulak, Mace, Mustafa Ali, Mansoor, Jinder Mahal, and Shanky, which means they split up the, the cataclysmically awesome team of Veer and Shanky. I don't even know which one's which. <laughs> One's taller than the other, I think. Yes, and I think that's probably going to be Veer, which makes makes sense because he was the one he was the one separated all by himself, and you know how Vince is. Um, so SmackDown, same question: Who's a guy from SmackDown that should be get a guy or girl from SmackDown that should be getting a push? 
Well, since Isaac already answered this question, I will jump in and I will say um, the guy that has me intrigued, and again, you wonder about injuries with what he used to do, is Ridge Holland. Because he's one of those strong, silent types. I don't know what kind of a promo he is, but I feel like if he's used correctly, he could, you could put him in, in a mid-card program first. And then after a year, year and a half, two years, you could see him as maybe potentially championship material if they do it right. Ridge Holland isn't injury prone. What happened to him at NXT was he got his leg rolled up on like he was an offensive lineman. Okay. It was <laughs> things that make you go. Isaac, how about you? Was was Ridge Holland the guy you were thinking about? No, because the. The, the person I'm thinking about is not actually a person. They're part of a tag team. I think the Viking Raiders need to be pushed against the Usos, and that could tear down the house. That and would be a good match. That's the match I want to see right now because those guys can – both of those guys can go. And for the Viking Raiders, they're incredibly agile for the size that they are and what they can do. And I'm I'm excited to see what they can do with the Usos. That's that's why I want to say. If you want proof of just how good the Viking Raiders, formerly the War Raiders, formerly War Machine, if you want proof of how good they are and a perfect tie-in to what where I'm going with this, NXT TakeOver before the last mania in new york it was the, it was takeover it was takeover new york not takeover brooklyn it was the raiders versus the artist formerly known as alistair black and ricochet still to sit, have them push ricochet he, he they don't give him an opportunity, but he is a solid promo. He does not make a lot of pauses in his promos like Mandy Rose did last uh, two nights ago on NXT. When she stopped, every single time she tried to make a sentence, but they were all broken like this. And you see what happens when you do that, boys and girls, is the idiot fans of the world like to do that stupid god-awful chant. What? What? The Please stop. Period, worst period thing, period, ever. Period. <laughs> uh, but seriously, I would love to see Ricochet. One, charismatic. Two, good promo. Three, let's be honest, dude ain't bad looking either. And four, have you seen the dude work? He's exciting. The only problem with Ricochet is here's a line, and Ricochet falls under it. What is that line? And by that, I mean he weighs less than 200 pounds. Only thing the dude's got going against him, I guarantee you, if WWE were to release him in 90 day, 91 days, we would literally see that son of a gun in All Elite, and it would be on. Um, but I would love, as much as I would love to see Keith Lee get in a push as well, I would love to see Ricochet get some shine, because I love that dude. Um, is 
anybody else that when you look at this go, man, something needs to happen with X. I, I will double down on what Isaac said earlier when he said Sami Zayn, because he's another one who is criminally underutilized. He Under underrated. He has taken this conspiracy gimmick of his and he injects it into everything he does. I mean, when he was interacting with uh, Logan Paul leading up to WrestleMania, I mean, he was doing it there. Um, you know, his tweet about, you know, we, you know, SmackDown got a great one with Sami Zayn and he he retweeted it. Yeah, and you waited until the last pick to take the best wrestler, you know. And he was and he did it in all caps because you could tell he was angry about it. One more person, if I can throw up. If Here. that's okay. Cesaro. Here. Oh god, yeah. That's all I'm that's all I, I don't need to go into it, ladies and gentlemen. You already know what it is. Cesaro. I to be pushed in the story. If I'm fantasy booking, and I'm just SmackDown only, because if you make me fantasy book raw, I'm going to shoot myself. Uh, but if I'm fantasy oh, we'll, booking... Oh, we'll, shoot, we'll shoot for you. Oh, yeah, because... We'll, shoot, we'll help you. Still garbage. <laughs> if you're allowing me to fantasy book SmackDown, I'm instantly doing a very long program with Roman and Cesaro, again, for the title, but this time it's going to be a much longer better build and then i'm gonna put and i'm gonna have the king himself nakamura defending that son of a gun against ricochet game on could you imagine ricochet and nakamura i have got and the reason i go on this i in the last week have had an opportunity to be able to watch older stuff and I ran across Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground, vastly and criminally underrated in some degrees. In some degrees, it's just criminally bad. Um, but at the time, uh, their, world, their world champion was Matanza Cueto, who was, who was Jeff Cobb in a mask. And he defended against some guy named Prince Puma, who was Ricochet in a mask. Holy crap! <laughs> I never knew Ricochet was a luchador. Yeah, Rick, Ricochet. Rick, Ricochet has been everywhere. He okay. was in Japan. He was he was in uh, Lucha Underground. He's been everywhere. And by the way, he's gotten over everywhere. Um, but yeah, it's on YouTube under the L Ray Networks uh, YouTube channel. Holy crap! <laughs> It is amazing, and also tells you just how also how, how damn good Jeff Cobb is. But that's a different story for a different time. Uh, but right now, sitting in a vastly criminally underrated stable in New Japan, uh, the United Empire, with uh, uh, with the now returning uh, Will Ospreay. Moving on, um, I like some of the moves they made. Overall, and I'm not going to do SmackDown versus Raw because that's just stupid. Overall, the draft to me, I give it a solid B because they move some pieces around and you can say, ooh, there's possibilities here and there's possibilities here. And there's a lot of, what? Why? 
Here's a question I have for both of you, and I don't know if we've answered this question before, and if I'm, I'm treading old ground, I apologize. I'm actually kind of tired of the draft as a thing just because of all of the fits and starts with, okay, well, there's a, an exemption here and there's a this there and stuff like that. Do you think that it would be better for WWE, I'm not saying all wrestling promotions should do this, do you think it would be better for WWE if they somehow tried to just build in an off-season to the schedule so that people stay healthier, fresher matchups happen, you you have the chance to get more people TV time when some people aren't around? The last thing they need to do right now, because if they were to do an off-season and they're off TV for a little bit, I'm not just talking from a business standpoint, which obviously they're not going to do because they're a publicly traded company, right. but from a, from just from a production, professional wrestling side of things. They're off season 60 days. 60 days. Think about what Tony freaking Khan would do with that 60 days. He wouldn't just load up both barrels. He would give everybody in that promotion a shotgun and give them all the ammo they needed. He'd unload the armory, I know. Oh my oh my God. They'd be, you know. To and maybe I should clarify a little bit. I don't necessarily mean a full stop where everybody's off TV. I mean a rolling off season. And this is not an original idea either because I've seen this floated on other podcasts and other videos and stuff like that where you identify 10 people and you give them, like you said, 60 days off or 30 days off or whatever paid. And then... The next the next 60 day period comes in another 10 people. So you're not not on television. You're still in the public conscious and you're still running programs. You know, that's uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. I don't think that would fly for the simple reason that most everybody in you'd have first off you'd have to restructure everybody's contract because it, because they're getting paid more, you know, their, their downside guarantee is one thing, but what makes them money is percentages of the gate. Okay, their appearances so, and are they on the card? Yeah, and you'd have you would have to you'd have to restructure everybody's contract, and that ain't gonna happen. Okay. Um, good idea in theory, yes. In practice, not doesn't really work. What does work, however, is the Holy crap, we are now at the two-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite. Does not seem like it's been two years. Congratulations. It is. Two years ago, we're talking about, hey, Vince, you're going to have a problem. Vince, you're going to have a problem more sooner than later. Two years later, hey, Vince, you got a big freaking problem. We at Wrestling with Egos love being right about things. And one of the things that we've been we were right about, I believe when an AEW Dynamite debuted the week after, we called that episode Winter is Coming. And I had the 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 winter hat on and I had the scarf and and I was I was impressing people by keeping it on as long as I did. I think the episode was like an hour and twenty minutes. I kept those things on for like forty five of those minutes before I finally just couldn't take it anymore. Right. But 
And I shared this with you guys in messages, and I actually shared it with uh, the disembodied voice of RJ a couple of weeks ago after the first Brian Danielson-Kenny Omega match. Which I told him. That match was terrible. Said no one ever. Moving right along. I told him. Said no one ever. Yeah. I told him several things. I told, first of all, I finally understand the allure of Kenny Omega. I'm not going to get into that tonight. That's not that's not the night for it. But then I also said an AEW I'm grateful for because it's given me, they're the show now that I watch it and I never know what's going to happen. It gives me goosebump-inducing moments on regular television. I'm not having to watch a pay-per-view to get them. They're making me look forward to wrestling in a way that I haven't done in a while just because of all the missteps with WWE and the things that happen in NXT and things like that. I mean, and there there were more, there was more this past Wednesday, too. I mean, you're kicking off the show with uh, Jurassic Express, Christian Cage, and Dan- and Brian Danielson, almost screwed up there, sorry, versus the Super Elite. You're kicking off the show with that. That usually should be a main event. But you, you understand why, as we unpack all these matches, that was the, the, that was the lid lifter. Yeah. Because there were plenty more things where that came from. Oh, yeah. Man. Before we get into this show and what happened at the end of it, real quick, over the last two years, off the top of your head, favorite dynamite moments. Brian, you're over here waving it in. Come on, hit, hit give it to me. The week that... Orange Cassidy won me over. Um, in 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 the span of a week, um, Orange Cassidy had two restaurant quality matches. He had one with with uh, the Bastard Pack, which was where I finally saw the light. I texted these guys and I'm like, "Oh my God, this Orange Cassidy guy is something else." And then that same week. You had the, um, it was Pac versus Kenny Omega. It was, I forget, was it was Iron Man or a two out of three falls at a pay-per-view? And Iron Man. Okay. And, and that one week, like, I was, it, it was, it was over back then. I was converted back then. But just, they, they don't have a lot of missteps. We, we don't sit here and say, wow, AEW screwed the pooch on that one. We, we don't spend a lot of time saying that. They're a smartly booked, 96.5% of the time, a smartly booked wrestling company. Yeah. That's all we're asking for, folks. Yeah. So that, that's where I immediately go. And I bet one of, one of you was going to say this, too, but I'll beat you to it. St. Patrick's Day this year. Damn you. Sorry. But, Patrick, go ahead. I, I'll, I'll just say St. Patrick's Day just to, to serve it up for you. That was my number one, bro. The St. Patrick's Day, whatever they called the show. But it was, it was lights out. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Sweet mother of God. Hashtag um, friend of show, Thunder Rosa. Hashtag friend of show. And definitely hashtag friend of RJ's kids. Um, yes. We won't go into details. We won't show you pictures. But Thunder Rosa last week did a, an AIW show in Akron, Ohio, right down the road from us. 
closer to me than them, but still right down the road. RJ, his wife, and, and their girls all went, and all three of the girls, Tessie and her younger sisters, were painted up like Thunder Rosa. They went, they got in line for autographs, and RJ tells the story that as soon as that as soon as hashtag friend of show Thunder Rosa laid eyes on the girls, she pushed people out of the way to get to them. Awesome stuff. They were basically treated like royalty the whole night. Like there were other wrestlers that RJ was sharing video and pictures of with us that just went out of their way to make them feel welcomed. Yeah. And that's really all you can ever ask for. Make 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 the send the people home happy. And boy were they sent home happy. And these wrestlers were also thrilled because they're they're sharing pictures of them with RJ's daughters. And they're like this, and they're using more or less our line. This is why I love wrestling. This is why you I can do. send our royalty checks to I wrestling know. ex egos on Twitter. I know. Hey, we gotta make money off this thing somehow. Come on, guys, beat the beast. Um, but Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker in that in that lights out match. Probably that was to me, and still arguably is. It it was in March. And it's still in the conversation here in the beginning of October. Match of the year. Um, this hey, is a pen, boys and girls. It's written in pen on yeah, my list. It's, it's on the short list. Um, Actually, I, I'll do you one better. This is a Sharpie, boys and girls. There you go. Not crossing it out either. Can't the, make only way, it. the only way you can get a Sharpie off is if, if it's on your arm and you use some WD-40. That's it. <laughs> if it's on paper, eh, sorry, ain't happening. Um, but to me, it was that, and to me, the other big, just unbelievably, like, chills moment was, well, I've got two, um, Jericho versus MJF, when he's not allowed to come out to the ring to his entrance music. And he's not allowed to use the Judas effect. And the audience still sang his entrance music. Just good lord. Beautiful. My other one was, and even though it, the, the result didn't go the way fans would want it to, unless you were a fan of Kenny and the Bucks and uh, the Good Brothers, that 10-man tag between the Elite and hangman with the dark order and they had that video package to open the show about you don't have to wear a hat to be a cowboy and then they had the spotlights on all of them oh that was so freaking sweet i was like oh oh that that's just gangster um loved that and one last one because it was very recent um sorry you know what i'm pulling a chris limkey i got i got 900 AEW was just recently in Rochester. The the Dark Order was having their squabbles and out walks Amanda Huber. Yep. And negative, negative one. Slapped, pretty much slapped them into shape. Fast back to the ring and they charged the ring and it was an ass whooping. Uh, loved that. Um, Isaac, I'm done, I promise. Isaac, now that we've taken all the moments, uh, pick up the scraps, bro. And we're done. No, I'm kidding. Um, 
a couple a couple of mine. Of course, there really some of them weren't just like wrestling matches. The tribute to to Brody Lee, that really, that was done with a lot of, lot of class, lot of dignity. A I don't. That was yes, and you could tell it wasn't, it wasn't fake. You saw you saw the wrestlers. You saw that it was completely real. Um, I don't want to sit here and say CM Punk because that too that's easy. that's too easy. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that's that's on the list. You guys know it. Um, and I'm trying to think what was my other favorite one and moment. QT Marshall be- versus the Big Show, of course. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> just look at his face. Just like, really? That's what you're going with? Um, so that's what I look like when I. Okay. <laughs> um, Sam. One of them was Sam Ball, and um, oh, I can I can't remember. It's in my head, but I can't think of it. I've back. got one more of a recent vintage, and this is going to surprise you because I don't normally like it when guys go here with their promos. But I am here to raise a glass to the man, Arn Anderson, no, or his the length. Arn Anderson, his name is Armed Anderson. Yeah, the lengths that this man is going to 50 Cent Word Alert, boys and girls, to castigate the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, for the tack he's been taking in all this stuff. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. Write a 100-word essay on it for next week. That's your homework. Um, But, I mean, I watched it back a couple times because as it was happening, I went, oh, geez. And then I watched it back, but I'm like, okay, this makes sense. I get what he's trying to do. Right. You know. Yes. And, you know, you watch Malachi Black go through the whole family and hurt them and put them on the shelf. And, and he's going to do the same to you if you're not careful. But by all means, walk around in your three-piece suits and stuff like that. And, oh, that was an expensive jacket, Arn. Doesn't matter. You know, and slap him in the face and walk away. You know, it took you long enough to realize that was outside your house. I mean, Arn is reminding us the power of a promo. Was it delivered perfectly? No, but it didn't need to be delivered perfectly. It's Arn Anderson. You're going to give him latitude. Arn Anderson's promos are never delivered perfectly, but Arn Anderson's promos are also are always are always purposely perfect. Yes. So I I wanted to give that some some shine because that story they're telling is. Very, very compelling, and it's not just a top-heavy card. It's not all about, it's not all about uh, who's going to take the title off of, of uh, Kenny anymore. There's stories all up and down, dynamite and dark and rampage, and I'm here for it. Yeah, uh, meaty, love it. Uh, let's talk the main event of Dynamite last night. Before we do, chef's kiss also to Serena Deeb and Hikaru Shida. Brilliant. They could have a best of seven series, and I wouldn't care. First off, 
right, remember how I said that nobody can have a good match with Nia Jax? Right. Nobody can have a bad match with Serena Deeb. Exactly. A no-armed, one-legged person could have a great match with Serena Deeb. She is absolutely... And Book it, Tony. Book it. Let's go. Next week on who, Rampage. <laughs> who was the guy in baseball they always referred to as fundamentally sound? Was it Chuck Knobloch? Yeah, several. Before, yes. before he got the got the second worst case of the yips in baseball history. Yeah. Um, first being Rick Ankeel. Anyway, moving right along. Serena Deeb, from a fundamentally in-ring perspective, is perfection. Yeah, I was gonna say a goddess, but I mean everything she does is crisp. It's believable it's technically perfect i mean it's a reason that dean malenko gave her the name the woman of a thousand and four holes a woman of a thousand holes i went a thousand and four because i thought about jericho <laughs> which means Britt baker if serena ever challenges for the title is going to break out that promo if she doesn't boo <laughs> anyway that, that oh my god it'd be so amazing and she'd go there too. Oh, I'm sure with Dean's yes, blessing, I'm sure she would. Shit, yes, she would have been great. But now what? here's the only question: Would she have the continuous printer paper? Or would she just break out her phone and go hold number one, <laughs> arm? It doesn't work without the paper. Yeah, yeah, it definitely doesn't work without Rebel, give me my hold. <laughs> All right, so yeah. Good Lord. Hikaru Shida has been, especially in the pandemic era, was so fun to watch and so good. And much like Drew was to WWE as their MVP during the pandemic, Hikaru Shida was. Hikaru Shida was more enjoyable to watch than Kenny or Moxley Cassidy or anyone else. Sheeta came to the ring. Sheeta gave you Sheeta. I mean, she, everything was just, yeah, that's fun to watch. That's hard hitting as hell. I liked it. Let me Thank jump in real quick. The other moment that I had was when Moxley finally showed up and Double or Nothing attacked Kenny. That I didn't expect, didn't, I the, but, I, and, but I loved it. So. And that First of many, many, many surprises that we've gotten over the last two years. Uh, speaking of a surprise, we had a casino ladder match to uh, to conclude Dynamite last night, and it was hard hitting as hell. I loved it. Moxley and Archer get in there and start beating the hell out of each other. It's like a miniature bull and a real bull beating the hell out of each other, and I was here for it. And everything was great until the countdown started. For the Joker, and it was three, two, one. And the only thing that we didn't have was RJ sitting in the crowd going, oh, my God, because it was Hangman Adam Page. Um, and, ladies and gentlemen, that was a pop. That was a hell of a pop. Um, I'm watching it last night, 
And I saw it. I was like, yes. <laughs> Finally showed up to work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you guys have never paid attention, the lower third that if you don't know what a lower third is, it's the name. It's a graphic that has their name, kind of like the ones that I'm about to show you on our show right now. These, the ones in the bottom, the ones in the bottom right corner, bottom left corners of the smaller of the smaller boxes. I don't right. know who's who as far as the big box and the little boxes. I see it one way, but it's going to show up differently on the screen when I edit it. Mine, mine says the only certified real rock and roller on wrestling with eagles. No, it doesn't. I don't have. I don't. I don't have that much room. And if I did, the font would be so small, you would need a magnifying glass. So no. <laughs> Sorry about you. You can pretend that that's what it says. But on every lower third, there's always at the very top one, six of their last seven, or had a you know held the title for X amount of days. Hangman's is always something off the wall. It's it's never something serious. Um. One one time was, I don't know, just literally, and I quote, I don't know, just put cowboy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so last night was finally showed up to work. My God, those are so funny. But anyway, great match. Jesus, I thought he killed Pat. I thought he killed him. He missed it. Dead eye. Off the off the top of a ladder through a table. I was going to ask you about that. What was that supposed to be? A dead eye. Okay. That was I'm... supposed to be a dead eye. You know the kind of like the the over the back pile driver. I thought that uh, Andrade took a mean bump. <sighs> that was if yes. you didn't see it, go watch it. I was I was ooh, that's yeah. Your... I was at home. I thought Andrade took a hell of a bump. Pat took a hell of a bump. Yeah. Hell of a bump. So did Orange. Orange took a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know how he got up from. That, the one thing I love when they do those, when they do their ladder matches, uh, because they they haven't done many casino ladder matches. I think this is the third one. They did the one where Cage won. Then they did the one at Revolution where the winner was the face of the Revolution which was Scorpio Sky, and they haven't done squat with him yet. Uh, and then this one, their ladder matches are hard-hitting as hell. I mean, they're not just spot-fit. Like and by and large, they don't use the ladders that much. No, they, they don't. They use the ladders for punctuation. And they also use them more violently. WWE yeah. ladder match, you climb up, you know, there's the big schmoz, they go falling off. Or there's the big sh- or, or there's the big schmoz on the ground and somebody jumps off the ladder. They don't usually smash people with the ladders that much. In AEW, they do. I mean, Lance Archer literally had the ladder around his neck at one point. And I honestly thought we were going to get the Three Stooges gimmick, which I love. I think that's awesome when they do it. Um, but it was hard hitting. And so good. And Hangman wins. So Hangman gets a future shot at Kenny Omega and the AEW World Championship. Yes, please. Um, so here's my question for you guys before we move on to our final topic of the night. Yes or no? When Hangman gets this shot 
he wins. Yes. Isaac. Yes. No. Screw you. No. I'm tired of playing the long game. It'll pay it off. Why? Oh my right? God. Hey, hey, it's almost there. He's almost there. Nope. Nope. Take it away. Anticipation. It. You're almost there, Brian. For God's sake, man! You of all people, Isaac. Sorry about what I'm about to do. You of all people should appreciate the idea of waiting and waiting and waiting for that one moment. You're a freaking Cubs fan, for the love of God. Wow. Yes, I know. You, I'm sorry. You're my best friend, and I love you. I'm and I and last week I know I, I I mocked you last week, but this week, passionately, I have to say, how can you say I'm tired of playing the long game when? And understand me when I say this. I don't mean at full gear he should challenge and win. That's not what I'm saying. They're gonna make they're gonna make us wait till revolution, or they're gonna make us wait till the spring, but. There is a point, and I, I'm struggling to think of examples where you wait too long and then people don't care. And I say that because of all the other people that have been brought in ostensibly to get a shot at the gold and all the people that they are also developing to get a shot at the gold. Sammy Guevara, Exhibit A. He's not going to be TNT champion for, for that long. They're grooming him to be a future pillar. Same thing with MJF. They're grooming him to be a future pillar. At, at some point, the hangman story has to pay off just so that you can set all these other things into motion as well. Right. I understand that. But this is the one thing that AEW's got that... They they literally have the collective fan base right there. All right. They can lead this fan base down whatever rabbit hole they want, and we will gladly follow it. So here's what I think is going to happen. He will get that shot. He will get screwed out of that shot. They will dance around each other a little bit more, and then at the turn of the year, revolution or double or nothing something's gonna happen hey man gets one last shot maybe he even puts his career on the line and then boom super elite comes down to raise all sorts of hell and get involved and then here comes the dark order they bail out their buddy and all the schmas kenny omega turns around Buckshot Lariat. One, two, three. New champ. And then, yes, you can start all your pieces in motion because I, as much as I hate saying this, Hangman won't be champ long. Hmm. Hangman, unfortunately, won't be champ long. He will probably, he'll, double or nothing's in March. He'll probably carry it to August in at all out. More than likely, they'll do it in Chicago again because it's freaking Chicago. And he'll lose it to MJF. 
Because I got to be honest, don't get me wrong, I love Hangman. He's one of my favorites in AEW. But the best world champions are heels. Why? Because it's a lot more fun to watch the, to watch the babyface chase the heel than vice versa. Great. Sorry. Sorry. No, you're not. No, you're right. I'm not. But the point, again, buddy, the point I'm trying to make is it's the anticipation. You wait and you wait and you wait and then fuck. Oh, no, we didn't get it. One, two, no. Just that close. So many times. And then it finally happens. And then it's. Game seven of the World Series a couple years ago, where, where, where you pissed off just about every friend you got because they're all Indians fans, except me. Um, so I, I used to work for the Indians. Oops. Like, oops. Yeah, like I said, that, that you mentioning that doesn't help at all. Thanks. Oh, okay. Well, hey, so so that way, just so I don't leave Brian. On an island. August, I'm sorry, October 28th, 1995. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> right. real, real, real quick, one more thing. Let's talk baseball for just a second. I think I did this last year as well. Raise your hand if your team's in the playoffs. No bribes. <laughs> anyway, let's go. Kyle Schwarber is on the Red Sox. Yeah, he is. Part of the God, I hope the Red Sox don't make it to the series because that's all we hear from Joe Buck. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. Oh my God! Stop it. Oh good. I, you got I, another topic on that run sheet? Let's go. Yes, I do have one more topic, and this is what we're going to wrap it up with. Just a little fun topic we wanted to discuss tonight. So, gentlemen. <laughs> question for you. We discussed this once, and I think all three of us took it in vastly different directions, so I'm going to pigeonhole us tonight, and we're going to run this one back. In terms of characters only, worst gimmicks ever. Ever! Before you guys start banting about and firing them off rapid fire, two caveats. You cannot, under any uncertain terms, Mention the names Gobbledygooker or the damn Shotmaster. What? Nope. Can't do it. Too easy. Low hanging fruit, I say. Too easy. Like, name great boxing heavyweight champions. Mike Tyson. Nope. Can't say Tyson. Can't say Ali. <laughs> Apparently, that was his list. Huh? Yeah, probably. <laughs> How dare. I, Apparently, know, he's got to sharpen that pencil and get back to work. That's his list, just like you know the guy, you know the per, the per, the unnamed person from NXT that's going to make an impact on Raw when Raw didn't draft anybody from NXT. Oh, but it's you know, uh, oh no no no, it's it's not going to be one of those guys. It's going to be Bobby Fish. Bobby Fish signed with AEW. That was his list. <laughs> uh, you're not. I'm not letting you live that one down for a bit. You so can't I'm, treat I'm, the big Don like that. There will okay. be reprisals. Don't worry. I, I got you. Hey, I got you. I, hey, hey, if all three of us are in the same room, 
I can run faster scared than he can mad. It is so it is so nice to see someone that has never seen me run and realize <laughs> I'm about to run him down. Like I'm like if it was a if it was a track meet, I just put the flush hook flush hook hook on the back and just reel him in. That's what would happen, ladies and gentlemen. Well, here's the thing. I've played softball with Brian. Brian knows how I run, and it's not fast. <laughs> it, it, it's not fast. I'm a contact hitter, and I don't run fast. Uh, anyway, moving right along, let's get back to it. Um, god-awful gimmicks. God-awful characters. May I start? You have the, you have the floor. Bastion Booger. Hey, we're laying it all out there, aren't we? Yeah, we're 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 going that. That was, you know, Norman saying, you know, Norman the lunatic from WCW. What the hell was his gear made out of in WWE? Duct tape. It looked like it was duct tape, and it was just like, uh, uh. So next, somebody go. I'll, I'm gonna. Or modern with my next one, I promise. You want to go, Brian? You got me. Yeah, I'll go because I've got three written down and that I've been thinking about throughout the show. Um, I will start off with one. We don't know how where the gimmick would have gone, but I feel like it didn't have any legs anyway. I'll go Christopher Nowinski because he came out in the Harvard letter jacket and stuff like that, and he didn't really, there wasn't really anything to it. And then we know that the career got derailed by concussions and stuff like that, and now he's an advocate for brain health and things like that, which we congratulate him for, and it's, it's, it's important work that he's doing. But when he was there, I didn't understand it. You know, elitist Ivy League kid, I get it, but it didn't translate to anything in the ring for me. I get that. I get that. He was very green around the gills when it came to his in-ring work. I like the character, though. I, so, you know, there's that. Isaac, how about you? Paul Burchill. Which version? Yeah, version. Paul, Paul Burchill came in as the pirate, and he came in on the swing and the rope, which was stupid as hell on SmackDown. And he had that one gimmick that was dumb as hell. Shut your trash mouth. That <laughs> was What was terrible about Paul Burchill was when he had the incest, a quasi um, incestuous relationship with his sister Katie Lee. That was uh, that was cringy. But no, shut your damn mouth about Pirate Paul Burchill. Kiss my ass. That was great. That was horrible. That was great. Here's here's another one for me, and I might catch some heat from from one of you guys on this one. Brodus Clay, the Funkasaurus. It got real old real quick. It got real old on night one. I mean, at first, it's like, okay, I mean, I know that, you know, this this music has been used by 16 other people. No, no, it's been used by one person, and it's the only person that matters. Ernest the Cat Frickin' Miller. <laughs> no, I don't care about anybody else. It's Ernest Miller. <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together 
for the one, the only, Ernest the Cat Miller. Uh, Ernest, Ernest Miller is great. Uh, but literally, night one, I'm seeing this entrance, and I'm like, what in God? No, actually, my exact words, what in fresh hell is this? That was one I didn't mind it at first, but then... And then, Isaac, oh, I'm sorry, I talked over you. Uh, yeah, go ahead. It might have been something if he could actually dance and had some rhythm, but come on now, that was just... Oh, uh, and then double down on it by, by putting Albert in there with him. Oh, jeez. <sighs> Matt Bloom has been saddled with some bad ones over the years. Can we can make just a list of Matt Bloom gimmicks. <laughs> oh, my God. Can they? Matt Bloom is... For, for a guy that's actually the head coach at the Performance Center, this dude's been crapped on more by WWE more times than I want to count. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah. Damn. He must have some serious... He must either A, have some serious dirt on somebody, or backstage, they must have treated him like a freaking guy. Because there's no way I'd go be the head coach for somebody who gave me Prince Albert... A train. Oh, oh, by the way, also put me in the in X Pac stable X Factor, then brought me back as Tenzai, and then had me Brodus's tag team partner. Well, no way in hell. <laughs> I dare anybody to try to defend this one. The Spirit Squad. Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just gonna pass out. We we got nothing on that. Nothing. Yeah. No, no, no. They were freaking hilarious. I know what the what purpose they serve. Their purpose was to get beat up by Triple H and Sean every week. I get it. Yeah. But I Okay. Again. Now not, props to Kenny Dykstra. He just got hired as a PC coach too. So congratulations they, to him. Yeah, nice. I read that this morning. Nice. Was him back in the company? Yeah, apparently. Blur's not there anymore. He can he can come back. <laughs> so, but but just for I, me, that one. I'm just no, horrible. I'm not defending Spirit Squad because they were god awful, but it was so bad it was funny. I mean, it was so bad it was funny. Now here's one for you that was so bad it couldn't be funny. Eugene. Mm. I like Eugene. It's just Nick, Di- Nick Dinsmore in the ring is a freaking genius. But that character was God. <laughs> Everything about it was. That would be an interesting conversation to have with him. Like the genesis of the idea and how comfortable he was with doing it, and you if know, he, that kind of thing. He rose on had to be on that check before he got comfortable with it. Right. Yeah, that's that's my because reason. I know that's one that rubs a lot of people the wrong way for obvious reasons, which we won't get into. Now, I've got one that was a god awful gimmick. Because of circumstances that had nothing to do with WWE. But, oh my God, what could have been? 
Muhammad Hassan. I was thinking of that too, but did did you, did you like if it, let's say if things didn't happen, did you trust them to handle that character properly? Good God, yes. Absolutely, they were doing it. They were doing it perfectly until what happened in London happened. And I don't mean WWE. I mean a terrorist attack. Yeah. That's what killed the character, literally. Undertaker powerbombed his ass through a stage. But they were killing it with that character. It was hitting every freaking nerve you could come up with. It was amazing. And I cannot remember the guys, the, the guy that played Muhammad Hassan. He's an Italian dude, Mark something. His first name's Mark. I know that. He was amazing at it. And he had Davari as a freaking heater. It, I loved it. I mean, it made me uncomfortable. But I was like, oh, my God, this is so good. And, then, and I think that's my problem is I have trouble separating my comfort level, you know, and just putting the character in a vacuum and seeing I, what people's intentions are. I do, too. But if it's so riveting that I, 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 it kind of forces me to, and that's what happened with Muhammad Hassan. I was like, I don't like this, but God, it's good. It's really good. And to me, that's, that's a character, one, yeah, god-awful gimmick, especially all things considered. But two, oh my God, what could have been? The last one I have on my list. Oh, Isaac, did you want to go? I'm sorry. Yeah, let me go real quick. I don't mean to cut you off. Mine was more of a Booker T, but it was GI Bro. Do you remember that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you talking GI Bro from Misfits in Action? GI Bro as Booker T from WCW. Which was a part of the group in the later stages of WCW, Misfits in Action, which yeah. had Hugh Morris as, as General Rection and Chavo as Lieutenant Loco and Van Hammer as Sergeant Stash and the greatest cruiserweight of all time, Corporal Cajun himself, Lash freaking LaRue. How dare you? Smirks the name of MIA. I'm gonna Shout sit back and let you two. Shout out, Lash. Shout out to my boy Lash. Oxford High School class of 1995, one year before me. No. No, I, 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 I can't let you have a free pass on that because it was. No, I, 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 I hope I, I vehemently disagree. You can disagree all you want. Okay. That's what it is. Please. That's garbage. But it makes the show wonderful. We can all disagree on stuff. I got two more for you. But it's a team. Fate Diesel Fate Razor. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And heal JR. I gotta throw him in there too. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh, my God. And the sad thing is, yeah, heel JR 
whose bodyguard, protector, whatever, was Dr. Deathstein Williams, who they couldn't do anything else with because Burt Gunn knocked his ass out in Brawl for All. Yet another god-awful idea. By the way, yeah, we've mentioned Dark Side of the Ring before and how there's some episodes that are very cringy and hard to watch. If you want to laugh your butt off, watch the brawl, the Dark Side of the Ring on Brawl for All because it's just a train wreck. I don't mean the show. I mean the explanation of Brawl for All. Just god Awful. Thank you, JBL. Yeah. Yeah, the toughest man alive. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, anybody else got anything else? My last one comes from a different era, and an era when characters like this were the norm. But this was around the time when I started watching wrestling, and this was one that I just couldn't stand whenever he would come out. Kamala. The Ugandan so, giant. Kamala never really bothered me. I never really also, also never really gave a crap about Kamala. And it's because I, as I got older, I understood what the character was supposed to be. It's a caricature, and we don't, you know, it's, it's not a good look nowadays to be doing stuff like that. No. You know. No. You couldn't do something about it now, but at the same time, I don't think even in today's society, now Isaac, correct, you know, correct me if, you know, I'm out of touch on this one, but I don't even think in today's society you can look back at Kamala and really get overly offense, uh, offended over that because of how much of a caricature it was. And, you know, what I, I might be wrong. Isaac, am I wrong? You're wrong on this one because you okay. look back at it. It's very, it's very stereotypical as to, you know, what it's like in Africa, the way that they had it. They had what kimchi and, you know, another handler. Really, that's that. That's kind of really super sensitive, especially in today's society. I didn't know if it was sensitive or not because I viewed Kamala as like way, way over the top. So that's kind of why I didn't, I didn't view it as such. You know, I appreciate you, you kind of narrowing my thought on that because like I said, I thought it was just way over the top. Like more or less, it was so over the top. Who's going to take this crap seriously? But you have a you have an African American male dressed in war paint and on his face, on his body, on his stomach, and you have, you know, his manager. Then you have a handler. Really, if you have a handler for an African American, you know, for African American athlete that's coming out with a major gimmick, that's just wow, really. Oh. And I, I appreciate you. I, I appreciate your thoughts on that. And I, when you point that out, it makes a whole lot of sense. But again, my original thought was, like I said, it was so over the top. Who's going to take it seriously? But you mentioning that, you're right. So. And plus, he had a mask on. Yeah. 
that a ma- that was just like, come on, man. I know we go to the farthest ends of things, but right there is just like, man, seriously. Okay, so over, you know, my over the top idea still makes it. Right, I hear what you're saying, and I understand, and your points are valid. It's just that it's still is what is is what you're educating me on. Right, saying what you're saying, it's what you're educating me on, and that's the great thing, boys and girls, because we can have discussions like this, and I have an opinion, and someone else adds to my opinion, and it and it and it changes it changes it, it reshapes it, which is how conversations in our society should be. Sadly, they're not. Now we can make that, if we could only make that happen in Washington, but we're not. Oh my God. Hey, talk about, hey, you know what will be an unbelievable gimmick? A politician that actually listened and wasn't crooked. (laughs) Being right along. Um... Any others before we get out of here? Because the music's playing. I can't think of any. I'm sure we'll we'll be hitting the our heads will be hitting the pillow tonight. We'll be like, oh, I should have said, you know, but that, yeah. you know, and you, and you can all feel free to in the comment section on YouTube, tweet us the show at Wrestling X Egos, tweet us individually if you have some, you know, god awful gimmicks. Um, oh, hear from you guys on that one. Oh yeah, I'm waiting. Love for you that. to join the conversation. Yeah, that ought to be fun. Well, um, so even though even even though neither one of you guys have a stake in this one, just out of curiosity, prediction for the Auburn Georgia game because RJ and I aren't here to make a bet this year. I think Auburn is going to surprise you. I'm not going to go so far as to say they're going to win, but it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, so I'm going to say. Georgia 34, Auburn 21. They just won't have enough firepower to hang with them at the end. Oh, so Brian says we, Brian says that Georgia doesn't cover. Okay. Isaac. No, I think I think they're going to surprise you. I don't think they cover. Okay. Isaac. I think that since it's what, SEC? Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a lot closer than the 14-point spread. I still give... I still give the edge to Georgia because I think they're just they got way too many weapons. I'm sorry, Patrick. I know I know it's your boys. It is what it is. But you ain't apologizing to me. You know why? We're not gonna score a touchdown. If we score, it's gonna be off off of the foot of Andrews Carlson. That defense is nasty. We ain't got a chance. Bo Nix, if you thought. You guys saw the footage at the end of last week's video when I, you know, when I said, hey, you know, I'm going to go have a conniption fit. And then I threw in what really happened later that night. Bo Nixon ran, ran his ass around against LSU. He's going to be running for his life on Saturday. Anyway, you know what? I can't wait until as we move on with the NFL schedule and, you know, the Browns and the Saints do crazy crap. And well, it- they already did. So, How do you blow an 11-point lead to the Giants with eight minutes to go and then lose in overtime? Uh, we're talking about positive stuff, though. We're not going to talk about negative stuff. I'm no. not gonna, we're not going to All I'm going to say about my Saints is the truth is somewhere in the middle of the pasting they gave Green Bay on opening weekend and the way they got dominated by Carolina. They're maybe an eight- or nine-win team this year. 
and we're and Isaac, we're not going to mention what our thoughts are on the Browns for one simple reason. I don't want to jinx it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm not a Browns fan. Who's my, favorite, who's my favorite NFL team, guys? Nobody. You don't have anyone. <laughs> exactly. I'm a free agent. I cheer for cheer for whoever the hell I want. Um, I cheer for whoever's winning. I have no problem admitting I'm a bandwagon fan. Whatever. Bite me. <laughs> I, I, I wear my college colors proudly. I wear my baseball colors proudly. There you go. Um, guys, fun show. I enjoyed it. Awesome, awesome, awesome discussion, as always. Any final thoughts? Shout out to WWE, and I want to see how you handle this. You are bringing back King of the Ring, and you are going to crown a Queen of the Ring as well, the Queen's Crown Tournament. This can be a vehicle to recognize some up-and-comers, especially yes. on the women's side. But for me, there is only one logical participant to win on the men's side please go ahead and crown at austin creed please he's been begging and begging for years and years and years it's gotta be xavier woods it's got to be and if it's not it's gonna be heartbreaking as hell because this is the one look he he has made it hi jenny he has made it very clear over the years He's fine if he never wins an individual title in WWE. He wants to win King of the Ring. But go ahead and crown me. And what? Monday night, screaming at the camera after the match. Crown me! Crown me! I love it. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. Because could you imagine what the New Day could do with that? Oh, please. Royal pancakes and syrup for the subjects. And not just that, but if you watch Up, Up, Down, Down before, we may get an appearance from Decane. Yes. Decane. Yes. Guys, great show. Let's go ahead and get up on out of here. Um, enjoy this week. We, got, we still got Rampage to go on Friday, and then we got all the good stuff next week. We will talk to you guys next week, and we will discuss aftermaths. And we're not going to talk about a certain chicken for the love of Pete. <laughs> She's like, she she get her stuff in. Her butt, like right here. I'm like, no. Nobody needs. Nobody needs to see that. God. Um. Perverted little cat. Anyway. Welcome to Wrestling with Egos After Hours. Oh. <laughs> So apparently this cat trusts all of you guys because, you know, that's what a cat does when they trust you, unfortunately. So apparently she trusts all of our, all of our viewers. We are here to reciprocate. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I'm allergic, that's just fine. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's time for us to get out of here, like now. <laughs> this is the final of wrestling. We love you.